2: For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy, that's just not who I am,
1: but Noom worked for me.
0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Trish. And this is the Don't Give a 50 Podcast. Let's make getting old the new gold, as you say. I like that. I like that one too. That was mine. (laughs) really. that was mine. Hello and welcome back to Don't Give a 50, the podcast for midlife women who dare to be awesome and just don't give a 50 like us. Thanks to our tribe of awesome 50-ishers who are tuning in each week and also thanks to everyone who took the time to review our podcast. We are so excited to be sharing this journey with all of you and your reviews really do help, so keep them coming. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review and also tell your friends or share it even better. We'll leave a link in the show notes to make it easy. So today we are completely thrilled to be introducing our very first guest on the Don't Give a 50 podcast, Woohoo! fellow 50-ishers beautiful, the most divine, Kim Morrison.
1: Oh, hello, you babes. (laughs) This is a bit of a treat, isn't it? It is such
2: a treat. It's such a treat for us.
1: Turning the microphone on you, Kim.
2: That's
0: what we're doing.
1: I love it. And congratulations, you two. This is amazing. Thank
2: Thank you. you. you, lovely. Thank you. So for those... Out there that may not know of Kim, she has many strings to her bow. She is the founder of Chemical Free Skincare and Organic Essential Oil Company 28, creator of educational programs and an exciting new mentorship, host of the Self Love podcast. Not to mention a world record ultra marathon runner, public speaker, celebrant, and in her spare time, Kim has also authored five books, the latest titled Self-Love. She's also an all-round 50-in awesome chick. As we say, hashtag girl crush. And hashtag I feel inadequate. <laughs>
0: hashtag overachiever alert. What, what the 50 have I been doing?
2: I know. <laughs> well, Hashtag. Too many hashtags. Too many hashtags. So fun Sorry, fact, Kim. Kim was co-host of the Up for a Chat podcast, which was the first ever podcast that I downloaded and listened to regularly when I was out on the farm. Yeah, I loved it. And um, you girls made me feel connected and it was really good for my mental health, especially being out on the farm with young children. So for that, I thank you very much. We salute you. We salute you. So, Kim, your latest book, Self-Love, I devoured that book over the weekend and I absolutely adored it. And it's funny how the synchronicities of life kick in because I had there was a bit of shit going on in my realm on the weekend that was not directly affecting me but someone I loved. So then I started listening to your book and there were so many messages in there that I really needed to hear again during that period. So... I think that so many of us do, and it doesn't matter what stage of life, it's always good to hear so many of those good messages again. But I think, Kim, self-love, when it's mentioned, so many people almost immediately think of me time, you know, like having a bath, having a facial,
0: um, some
2: sort of self-care.
0: Going to rainbow nails.
2: Going to To rainbow or Hollywood nails. And getting a little bit of shellac. (laughs) But really... That I, I get normal, yeah. Well, I the just <laughs> wrecks your nails, I get very thin nails anyway. There's a lot of chemicals in that, and in the book, Kim will tell you you need to low tox your life, okay? Yeah, so that obviously is just skimming the surface. So, Kim, we would love for you to share with us and our 50-ish tribe the art of self-love.
1: Oh, you sweethearts, what a treat to be here! And I, you know, I think the thing about being in our 50s is you start to not give a 50 about what anyone else thinks or feels. But, you know, being a mum of teenagers through my 40s, watching them grow and develop, and my husband was a top international cricketer for 10 years, and, you know, I I have to say, he fell off the junk heap of life. You know, at the end of his career at 32, he wondered who the hell he was. And, you know, when you put all your life in into one basket, so to speak, it's very challenging to then work out who you are, especially when you've had 110,000 people chanting your name. And now, who are you, as I said? And at the same time, I was watching my kids. Taylor was aspiring to be a ballerina, a professional dancer, and Jacob has really grown into wanting to be a professional rugby player. And it's cool to watch your kids want to reach their dreams but it's when they don't reach them or Taylor, you know, had stress fractures in her back and then Jacob got dropped and then he went through a pretty challenging time at school and it's very hard being the parent of a teenager because you can't walk up to the school and... Say what you think so much because you're embarrassing them or whatever, and that is I just so noticed true. him going through. That
2: is so true. Yeah. Even just walking past some friends and giving a bit of a stink eye every now and
1: then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially when <laughs> you hear what's it. going down. It's it's like, like you're an mm.
2: adult, and you know that that doesn't work. But you really just yeah,
1: want to revert to throw that. that little tantrum, yeah. um, or spit something. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but eventually, sadly, no matter how hard I tried, Jake got kicked out of school, and it was sad because it was the end of his year eleven. And no school on the Sunshine Coast would take him in year 12. I don't know whether that all colluded or not. But, you know, he was a rat bag. I'm not going to deny it. The kid was a rat bag. He wasn't a knife-yielding, drug-dealing bandit. He was just a cheeky brat. He and pushed boundaries. But do you know what? That's That
2: shows a lot of charisma. You well, know? I, I and I he'll do want, well. And I never wanted to
1: stamp it out of him either. No, exactly.
2: I hate, you know, with the education system, obviously they need to retain some sort of control, but I think it's hard because they do squash a little bit of that sparkle and a little bit of that magic out Mm. by trying to get everyone to to conform.
1: Yeah, well, and I'd just been through Danny's depression, and he openly talks about this, so he lets me share the story, but, you know, he lost his sister to suicide, he didn't know who he was, got into a world of alcohol and drugs, junk heap of life, didn't know what to do, Mm -hmm. just got through that, and now here I am with Jake. And what freaked me, ladies, was when he came into my room, Danny and I were just going off to sleep, and he sat on the end of the bed, and he said, and I just looked, I knew, I'd been trying to talk to him for about a year, but you know, they're not ready, or they'll only come to you when they're ready, and he sat on the end of the bed, burst into tears, can I I actually say what he really said? Yeah. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, you can. No, he just said, you know, my life's fucked, I hate who I am, and I don't want to be here anymore. And hearing those words after what we'd been through with Danny's sister was just my my antenna went up. It had been up already. I'd been already writing and researching what happens when we fall out of love with ourselves, what happens when life feels tough. And so I'd already been researching this for about two and a half years, and I'd come up with the six-step process. And it was just ironic that that night I'd completed it. He sat down and I thought, you know, as a mum, I wanted to reach over – grab them and tell them life will be okay, but you know it's not, and you also know that their struggles are also going to be their greatest opportunities for growth and development, and we can't smother, we can't helicopter, and sometimes they need a good kick, and sometimes they need a good hug, and it was just, I've learnt, don't push, don't pull, sit beside, and so I just said, look, I haven't got an answer for you, but I've been going through this process, and I've written the six-step Thing about how to fall in love with yourself, are you keen? And for the first time he just said, Mum, I need something. And so by this stage my daughter, who's 17 months older than him, she'd come into the room, the four of us are on the bed and I just drew a big love heart in the middle of this page and wrote the word self-love. And then I drew a big arrow coming out of it saying, Um, fear or hate, the opposite of self-love. And we all fall out of that when we're gossiping, when we don't feel good, when we're comparing, when we're down on ourselves, when we don't think we're good enough, when we're exhausted, when we're in tears, when we're emotional, hormonal, all of those times is when we're out of that, what I call the self-love circle. And I just said to Jake, you've just fallen out, mate. That's all that's happened. You've had a few whacks and here you are sitting here. But it's, you know, as my daughter actually, she turned around, and she said, Jake, it's just a bad day, not a bad life. And I just thought Ooh. that was so oh, wow. profound for a 17-year-old. It's profound. You know, good job, mum. Good yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So then I said, look, step one is awareness, self-awareness, awareness that you're going through a shit time, awareness that you're not happy with yourself, awareness that life sucks, awareness that it's not good right now. And that's the first step into self-love. Sometimes the acknowledging that life sucks right now is actually an act of self-love because life's not always a bed of roses or feeling fantastic. So true. And then I said, look, step two is self-care. After you realise that you're not good... And life sucks. You gotta take care of yourself because for many of us, and you know we've all been guilty of it, you'll turn to having more wine, or you'll eat more shit, or you'll you'll sabotage yourself in more ways, get lost in more social media or, or garbage television. You just drown. You try and numb it, but I had a beautiful therapist years ago who said you have to feel it to heal it.
2: Oh, I and love that. I, I actually write that down. It's and so I profound. Sent it. To a few people yeah. as well, because it's so true.
1: And you really do. Like, you, you can't shortcut agony. You can't shortcut no. emotional pain. So I said to him, part of that going through that process is caring for yourself. Now, I was talking to a 16-year-old boy, so I said, you've got to run the beach. Lucky we live here on the coast. you got to run the beach at least a few times a week. you got to earth yourself, walk out and bare feet. You've got to have a bath. If I run you a bath and I put nice smelly things in it, just say, thanks, mum. Don't ask what it is. And I'll put salts in there just to make you relax more. I'll put a diffuser in your room. I've got a little meditation. It might all sound wanky, but I'm just going to say, this is what I'd suggest. And he how, just... How did he go with the woo-woo? He just went... He embraced yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> and he just... I think when you're that broken, though, yeah. this is the thing. That's where I've learned... Sometimes they have mm. to be broken in order to put both... You know, they've got to hit rock bottom to put both feet on the ground and push back up again.
2: So
1: true. So I'd watched him fall for about, you know, nine to 12 months. Anyway... So he said yes and I said then you've got to keep taking care of yourself but here's the thing, step three is self-discipline. You cannot get through life without discipline. You do not get a degree without discipline. You do not become a parent without some sort of discipline. You don't get healthy without discipline. You don't watch your languaging without discipline. You don't get good at something without discipline and I think that's one of the biggest key ingredients missing in today's society is we do not govern the power of self-discipline.
0: Oh, I could not agree more. I think it is sadly lacking like across the board. And if it's something that you have to um, exercise, like challenge yourself and make to become a habit, then you just have to do that, don't you? Yeah. Because it does, I, I do believe it reaps a lot of rewards being disciplined across the
1: board yeah and I said to Jacob they know that it takes 28 days to create a ha- create a habit good or bad so I said to him so yeah. you going not have to stick to this for 28 days and if you miss a day that's okay we just start again at day one because you know we do fall off the heap and we don't always get it right and I also said to Jake I'm not looking for you to be the perfect kid the perfect son the perfect student I'm looking at you to be the best that you can be and sometimes those days we're not great and that's okay So those were the first steps, self-awareness, self-care, self-discipline. And then I said, the more you practice this, and one of the steps I gave him in self-discipline, he wasn't allowed to swear at a teacher for 28 days. (laughs) (laughs) Is that just his...
2: um in a monologue, was that okay? Well, I think Or was it the whole virtuous de- thought process as well? Describe that in action. <laughs> How did he actually do
0: that?
1: It's so funny because, you know, with Cindy O'Meara that you're talking about, you know, he's heard us and listened to oh, us yeah. and... You know, we did 375 podcasts over seven years, us girls, and I'm sure he got a whole air full of us all the time. But one day he was on detention, and I get a call, and I no, I get a text. Don't be cross when you pick me up. I'm on detention. I'll discuss when I see you. And I thought, oh, shit, here we go again. Mm -hmm. This is before he got kicked out. Anyway, I arrive, and we get in the car, and let's just call him Mr. Smith for now. Anyway, (laughs) um, he goes... Bloody Mr. he's such a jerk. And I went, what happened? And he said, he said today that margarine is better than butter. (laughs) (laughs) And I went them, there's fighting words, son. Really? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. And I said, what happened? And he goes, well, I told him I disagreed. That I, you know, I said that I think butter is better than margarine. And he said, no, it's a saturated fat and all this. And he goes, and I kept thinking, okay. And then he goes, and then I put my hand up again. I said, Sue, I don't agree with you. You, I just believe, you know, margarine was made in a laboratory. It came about because the light bulb, you know, the light bulb came in, so we didn't need so much wax. So they hydrogenated it. They deodorized it. They colored it. They turned it <laughs> into a margarine. Oh, Love going, the detail. He actually listens. Anyway, so I'm listening to him, sort of putting my chest out a little bit, going, mm-hmm, and then he goes, and then he goes, and I'm still thinking, where's the where's the detention, you know, Anyway, yeah. he turns around and he goes, and then he goes, Jacob, sit down, I think I am 25 years of age, I think I know what I'm talking about, and I've just like looked at Jacob, and he goes, and I said, yeah. and he goes, mum, I was so pissed off, and I said, what happened, and he goes, well as I sat down, I said, this is fucking bullshit, <laughs> <laughs> well done, Jacob, <laughs> well done, and as he sat down, that was the detention, and I just put my hand on his, and I went. Don't worry about this one, mate. That was was good. (laughs) Uh, uh, I'm with you on this one. So, you know, things like that's where he didn't fit the square. Yes. You know, he just didn't fit it. But anyway, so part of that self-discipline, I believe, after you've practiced anything, whether it's going to the gym, walking the beach, um, doing some sort of high-intensity exercise, whatever it is, 28 days of self-care, you then get what we call, you get much better self-control. You become more mindful of your actions. You become quite highly tuned to what's going on around you and you just become a little bit more aware of what's going on rather than you having to do your part, so to speak. Anyway, with more self-control, I then said that leads to self-respect and we all know that anyone with self-respect. And then I said, tell me, tell me what it looks like. And he goes, I don't know, just someone that looks after themselves. And I said, that's right. You know, and in New Zealand, we have a word, mana. It's a Maori word, and it means self-respect, but it means the God in me is the God in you and honouring myself. And it means a lot more than that, but I just love it. I actually talked about it in the book because it's such a powerful word. And then Taylor turns around, I said to her, (laughs) I'll repeat what she said, but anyway, she goes, um... I, I think I know what self-respect is. And I said, what? Well, and she goes, well, you know, if you're going to go out on a Friday night and let's say you want a quickie, you just, you're going to have a one-night stand. <laughs> and I'm looking at my 17-year-old going, right. And she goes, and you know, if you choose to have a one-night stand, that's self-respect because you're choosing that. And if you take care of yourself with discipline, you've got better control and therefore you can wake up the next morning and you won't be doing the walk of shame. You're actually doing the walk of fame. Like this <laughs> I love that. <this. laughs> and I've just gone, that's right. Yeah. Looking at Danny, like, okay, what have we got here? <laughs> what have we got? <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool, right? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's and how she
0: articulated it. it and processed
1: that. How she articulated it. She worked it. that out really well, didn't yeah. she? And she wasn't—I wouldn't say she's that one-night stand kind of girl at that N- point. No, but <laughs> maybe. But um, but she just seemed the way she on it. But I think she was speaking into his language, yeah. and I think that's Absolutely. what was right. Mm. And then, of course, the final step, I said to Jay, when you have self-respect, and then and Taylor did turn around, she goes, Mum, it's when people don't gossip. It's when you don't worry about, you get up in the day, you put a bit of lippy on or you feel good about yourself. You actually go about your day thinking about how you're going to contribute, not take from the world. I just looked at her. Okay. Okay, Okay, so
0: they've internalised your messages. I think so. (laughs) I think so. Look, I wrote it in the book. I was so blown
1: away. Yeah, for sure. But I also thought, you know, when they speak from the heart, If you just took a moment to listen to your kids, they've all got pearls of wisdom. Sometimes it's really frank and to the point and blunt and almost offensive, but it's also really, it's it's profound, it's to the point. Teenagers do not dilly-dally around with worrying about protecting your feelings. They're going to tell you how they feel. No, they do not. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and then I said, and with all of that, the sixth step is self-acceptance. And when we can accept ourselves, warts and all, Then that, my love, is is the art of self-love And he just looked at me And he looked up and he goes Mum, I've never heard anyone explain it like this before You've got to write a book and that's when I decided I'd write a book. And of course, you know, life, it can go on great again, as I said to him. But then you fall out again, something mm. happens, you break up or things, but you just, you're falling out again. You go back to step one, jump in at any one of those six steps. I spoke to psychologists, psychiatrists. I looked at the research. I followed so many people, read so many books over that three-year period. And that's what it all culminated in. And I realized it was written for my son. It well, certainly was.
2: I thank Jacob for going through that hard time because I got so much out of it yesterday that it was absolutely brilliant. And I related so much to the cycles of self-sabotage, self-loathing and self-discipline because I don't think self-discipline is one of my strong points. But I've always said to myself, I'll never give up trying. I'll fall off the bandwagon, but I'll always back on when I regroup and get the energy and yeah. you know sometimes that's really tough. In the 50 tribe I think we all struggle with that from time to time because our life pulls us in so many different directions. As we've discussed before we've some have adult teenagers, some are caring for parents, some are you know there's so many things drawing our time and we can get lost on thinking, hang on, what can I do for myself? Or how do I get back into that cycle of self-love? Because, you know, that caring for yourself is so important in caring. For other people, mm-hmm.
0: that leads me to a question, actually, and it is um, running off the back of what you were saying, Trish. That if you do get to that point, so you've reached that level of awareness. So for many fifty-ish women, they have spent whether they've had children or not, they've spent you know generally a lifetime giving to others in one way or another. So if they get to that point where they've they are aware and they're reading your book and they're wanting to adopt this level of, you know, self-care and self-love, but it just seems so overwhelming. So the six steps seems so overwhelming. Where should they start? If they could just, if you could break it down even to like micro bites for them, what are the essential things to just get them going? Because sometimes, you know, it's taking that first step that as we know is the hardest Mm. place to start, taking the first steps. And what does Confucius say? The journey of a Thousand miles begins with one step. Thank you, mm. thank you, Kim. Mm. Another so, pearl of wisdom. Mm. Thank you. So yeah, so where Only would they I've start? because I've done ultra marathons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to talk to you about that. That's for another episode, maybe. Oh, but I, know. Um, I was saying, so I
2: just have so much I need to talk to Kim about. I know. So
0: do I. So do I. So yeah, what would be the say? Say if they could take two or three like key messages mm. out just to begin the
1: journey. Mm. I think it's really important first of all awareness just aware that you're going through a tough time that is ultimately it because for many of us we put on this big martyr we can handle it we can do anything and it's always the strong ones that get left behind as well because people think they're okay we're always asking other people how they're doing and it's almost a front so that we're not minding our own selves and it's it's that sense of pride too. you know you don't want to fall apart. So acknowledging that, that life sucks, but the next thing, you have to remember this body is a temple and many of us, we treat it like shit. We put things in it and on it that do not serve us. People then think that their mindset is because of the way they think, but half the time it's because we're not treasuring what we have. I've spoken in workshops and I've said to women in the room, who in the room doesn't like their boobs? And people put their hand up. Who in the room doesn't like <laughs> My hands <their> up ladies. <laughs> Who in the room doesn't like their legs and hands? I oh know my pins are all right. <laughs> <laughs> Who in the room doesn't like their stomach, you know? Oh yeah, it's oh an over me. me. <laughs> and you sit there and I go, you know, like and I and I understand it, you know, and I turn around and I go, but those of you sitting here saying you don't like your boobs. There could be another woman sitting near here or next to you that's just had to have one or both removed and you're sitting there with the audacity to say yours just aren't good enough. They freaking probably fed one, two, five babies. They have been remarkable and they're still yours. Those that don't like their legs, uh, let's say there's a car accident tomorrow and they're going to say to you, you've lost the use of them. Tell me what you think of your legs now. Or you don't like your stomach, they've got lemon stretch marks everywhere. Like I said, they've housed babies or they've grown through up into your 50s. And they are what I call stripes of freaking honour. You have got there without, you know, it's not been easy always for anybody. So to me, it's like a different perspective, a mindset. You Mm. have to know that you will get through this time. That this too shall pass is one of my favourite things. That it's a process. You have to feel it to heal it. You've got to take care of yourself. So look after that body. If nothing else, walk, get out in nature, clear your head. Now, if you've got young kids or grandkids, that might not be easy. Put them in the pram. I used to do everything and anything I could to get outside. Hug a tree. Earth yourself. We're lucky. We live by the beach. Get down. Now, if you're going through lockdowns and you are stuck inside, do some sort of workout inside. There are so many online free things that you can do a high-intensity 20-minute workout. It's known that the more we work our physical body, we actually become more in tune with our mental, emotional and spiritual self. But most people think you've got to do the meditation in order to get in touch. But I say push the body, push your body so that you feel it. You release endorphins, you have these beautiful you know, serotonin, dopamines released, which makes you feel better. You're going to handle things, you sleep better. So to me, it's move your body and be aware that you will get through this. I saw another thing there that sort of meme the other day. This too shall pass. Yeah, I say that all the time. This too shall pass. It might be like a kidney stone, yeah, no, but no. it will pass.
2: <laughs> it's going to be painful, but it will pass. <laughs> <laughs> like a 10-pound full baby. Yeah.
0: Oh. <laughs> Oh, that, can you that just, silence the room yeah, yeah, no one's got any comeback for that yeah. one. <laughs> I've got nothing. I've got nothing. but the the um the getting back to the self-discipline, um sorry, actually moving the body. I, I have a massive massive belief in that and its effects on mental health, which as we know, can get derailed. I mean, it can get derailed at any point, but it's certainly, even if you've had healthy mental health as a younger woman, you hitting this stage of life and it can it can be derailed. Because of menopause, you know. Let's face it; it's um, it's a challenging time. It's a it's a great period of transition. So, but getting back to the self discipline part of it, are there any things that women or any sort of behaviours that women can adopt to try? So, some women, uh, or some fifty issues, aren't as self disciplined as others. So, for some exhibit people,
2: exhibit A. <laughs> What's that? I said exhibit A. Are you A or B, Trish? I'm exhibit A. Okay. <laughs> I'm the one with very good intentions. But sometimes my follow-through isn't Yeah, great. but I'm, I'm going
1: to challenge you on that because okay. I think we're all incredibly disciplined. It's just which area. So you might have been yep. really disciplined over your life at looking after your kids. You've been really disciplined at eating turmeric lattes <laughs> and making them and making in the, them. the Thermomix <laughs> you've been really de- yes you know. I am part of
2: the Thermomix cult for people
1: <laughs> that have put on weight or they've not been eating well you've been really good and disciplined at that you've not been eating well for a while your body and we get pissed off at the body but the body's just responding to what we're doing to it so it's, it's a different perspective on discipline we are all disciplined it's just where do you choose what's the priority and we can say time and money are the two biggest excuses why people don't become more disciplined or look mm-hmm. after themselves Mm-hmm. But I say that's BS. It's whether or not it's a priority. And I'd say this to you if it really mattered to you, if it really mattered, so if one of your kids was, you know, I always say in workshops, who would like to come with me in the morning and run a marathon? And of course, no one says they no. want to come and do no, a I'm marathon out. with me. I'm yeah, out. Tapping out. <laughs> My exhibit, hands are down. exhibit A and B, haven't moved. <laughs> no. <laughs> but if I said to you, one of your kids was hanging off a cliff 42.195 kilometres away, and we were going to have to walk, crawl, jump fly, run, do whatever we could to get there, would you be with me tomorrow morning if it was going to save their life? Absolutely. There's of no question. So Anything of for the cubs. See? So <laughs> what I'd love to suggest to women mm. is that they look at themselves as that little eight, nine-year-old girl. And what would you do for her? Or if you can't do it for her, what would you do for your best friend? What would you tell her to do? Would you get her to come for a walk? Would you tell her how much she matters to you? It's it's actually not rocket science, and it's not hard, but the discipline of continuing that. That's why I make such a big deal of discipline in the book, because all of us want to do the right thing. All of us try to do the right thing but not many of us stick to doing the right thing. And the minute you have that mind shift that you actually can do it, you've been disciplined all your life, it's just which area you're going to focus that discipline, that to me is the game changer.
0: Well, once again, that gets back to acceptance of saying, okay, actually I have been disciplined in different areas my whole life, So, but maybe I need to action discipline in another area of my life to make these improvements and to look after myself better. I think
2: so. Yeah. And I think, as you said, you know, I say I don't have much discipline, but the thing is that I have got back on track so many times. Yes, I do tend to go off track, but, you know, I do use that discipline when I need to, to get back on track. So it's just that whole what you're prioritising, what you focus on, you attract.
1: And what, and when you say going off track, I, I'm always curious around this thing too, because we say we're going off track because we've had a goal maybe or we've been on a task we're going to do something and then we don't quite stick to it but you tell me any successful person's life who goes from a to b in one straight line oh exactly so i'm saying you are highly successful highly disciplined and here's the other thing when you hit probably right
2: well now i'm thinking about it and hearing it own it i'm owning it own it
1: (laughs) and when we hit 50 who gives a shit? Who gives a, Who 50 gives a
0: 50? Kim? Who gives that? We don't give a 50. And
1: we think people do, but they no. don't. Well, we I actually more. do
2: believe, and one thing that I loved so much about your book is that you told that story and you were so honest and so vulnerable. And I think that women telling their stories in that manner is so powerful to everyone else around because it gives us all that it's okay. It's okay for things to go bad. It's okay not to have your shit together all the time. It gives everyone that breathing space to go. Yeah, life is really tough sometimes. And sometimes you don't show up as your greatest self, but that's okay. Everyone has those moments.
1: And I'd add to that, I went to India, I took a tour group to India. I wanted to be at the Taj Mahal on the 11th of the 11th of the 11th. Wow, and I just goosebumps. How am I going to do this? I want to go to the Taj Mahal yes. with Kim. Yes. So I want to go to the Taj Mahal with Kim too. <laughs> I also launched my first book, Like Chocolate for Women, into India at the same time. And it was just brilliant. So 12 of us went. But one of the things was we spent seven, day in a mon- seven days in a monastery with His Holiness, the 12th Kenting, Tupa, who is the head of all Tibetan Buddhist monks. And you might think, oh, is that interesting or not? I just was fascinated. I, it was like... Could you talk? Oh, my God. no. Well, no, we listened. Mm. And, and we could talk in the breaks. Oh, wasn't okay. You oh, were la- la- was it was like wasn't a a silence a- thing? Oh, no, 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 I don't play that game. No, no I was going
0: to say. <laughs> I would, that would be an epic no, no, fail no, no, for me. No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh. That one I would not be disciplined
1: in.
2: <laughs> my whole head was racing going, oh, my gosh. I'd no, be, no, no. I'd no, be like the naughty no, little girl yeah. in the back of the... We all would have been kicked out. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah,
1: he. I had the privilege of being selected to have a one-on-one with him. And here's something that stuck with me. He asked, he takes me in and he speaks better English than the Dalai Lama. But he goes, what is your question, child? And I said, you know, why does life suck? Why do so many people have to go through so many challenges? Why Shitty things do, do we have to, we to go, go through ups why? and downs? And he goes, oh, very human question. <laughs> very human question. He goes, you know, you must understand in order to have highs – we must have lows in order to have light. We must have dark. You cannot have one without the other. And it gave me such permission to lead my life knowing that I am going to have, I call them taps, wax or max. You'll get taps that sometimes, you know, they, they upset you a little bit or you don't feel great. You get a few wax where... It's a bigger situation to deal with. And then there's the odd Mac where you get woken at 3 o'clock in the morning and your life's never the same again. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a tap, a whack or a Mac, you know that we're going to have them. We know our kids are going to go through them. So trying to protect us and protect them from it is one of the greatest failings, I think, of the 50s who try and make it right for everybody own your mistakes, love them. There's no failure, only feedback. It's one of my favourite lines. There's no failure, only feedback. We can learn from everything and know that if we look back in hindsight at our darkest times, they've actually been the times that have made us. That's been the times that we've known that's who I am. Literally, I'm getting
0: goosebumps right now. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're really speaking our language, Kim, and I'm, I'm, desperately sad that we are starting to run out of time. So Trish and I no, do No, let's just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Trish and I did want to ask you, what would the um, 50-ish Kim tell the 20-ish Kim? What pearls If of she wisdom? could, what pearls of wisdom would you throw back at your younger self?
1: That's an interesting one, isn't it? I haven't thought about this for a while, but... I feel very blessed that in my 20s, I was on this pathway of self-discovery and personal growth. I would say you are and you will hit crossroads. You will be challenged and you will find some things don't work out the way you planned. But if you keep on going, and in my ultra-marathon words would be, one foot on the track, one after the other, keep in motion, don't give up, be true to yourself and take good care – you will come out the other side. That
2: was beautiful,
1: Kim. I,
0: I wish that I could um, articulate an answer as well as Kim just did. I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> I'd be going all over the place. I can't even like, try-
2: articulate half the time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a great game there. Kim, that was amazing. Thank you so much. We've absolutely loved having you with us here today. And uh, what a treat to have you in our little tiny studio that we just absolutely love. If you, like us, can't get enough of this gorgeous lady, you can go to her website, kimmorrison.com, and here you'll find all the information on Kim's self-love mentorship program, 28, her exquisite essential oils range and body care products, links to her education courses, and also for information on her self-love podcast. Also, thank you so much for listening to us today. Don't forget to rate, review, share with a friend, and subscribe so you you don't miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at don't give a fifty and email us at hello au. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us what topic you'd like us to tackle next.
2: And ladies, I was going to throw in a, a quote from Kim here out of her book, but there's so many and it's so hard to choose. But I think what I read in the book, when things are bad, remember, it won't always be this way. Take one day at a time. When things are good, remember it won't always be this way so enjoy every great moment i love it but also remember life is for living you could be the ripest juiciest peach in the world <laughs> and there are still going to be people who don't like peaches <laughs> so they can go and get 50
0: too. they can go and get 50 <laughs> life is for living buy Thank the you, shoes Kimi. eat the cake drink the wine use the good stuff just don't give a 50 because we're all awesome regardless of age and living is an absolute privilege Damn straight. thanks kim
1: Spacious Alex. <music>